This episode is brought to you by Element. That's L-M-N-T. What's Element? Element is the product that came into my life at exactly the right moment. I've been training hard. I've been sweating like a maniac. But unfortunately, after my sessions, I could never kick that feeling of dehydration. It didn't matter how much water I drank. In fact, the more water I drank, the worse it got. My body was telling me, you need more. You need electrolytes. But I refused to go and buy some sugary sports drink and put that garbage into my body. Enter Element. What's Element? It's a tasty electrolyte drink mix. That's right. I said tasty. They have seven different flavors. My personal favorite is mango chili. But most importantly, it's got no sugar. It's got no gluten. It's got no garbage. There's got no guilt. Take it. You'll feel better. You won't feel like a bum after you drink it. You won't feel any guilt after taking it. To get your element today, go to drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Again, that's drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Get yours today. Welcome to the episode of the Mahoney Advanced Training Podcast. Once again, we're going to give you six tips and tricks to make you more efficient and effective in the weight room, the boardroom, and on a football field. Tip number one, which is normally an exercise tip, but today it's not. Today it's an exercise philosophy tip. And my advice to you, if you are either a trainer who's writing programs for other people, or you're just a person who works out and is trying to find out what workout you want to do, what program you want to follow, is to find your quote-unquote cult and go all at it. Now, why am I calling it a cult? Because when you have people that design training programs or they have training philosophies, people treat it like religion. And if you don't agree with what they say, you're a heretic. If you agree with 50% of what they say, you don't agree with the other 50%, you're a heretic. So find the one that you love and follow it. And find out which one you love and why it is. For me right now, for Joe Sarno right now, it's th- we're in the cult of speed is the priority. So everything we do, the lifting, the sprinting, the diet, it's all based around increasing the speed of the people we train. Other people, it's the physique. They want to be giant. They want to be these gigantic bodybuilders. Okay, well then find that cult and follow that cult. The real truth is is that nobody's 100% right. And the other truth is is that if you follow a program and you follow it well, you follow long enough, you're going to have results. The only time I wouldn't follow it is if it's going to get you hurt. If it's going to get you hurt, don't do it. But again, find your cult. Find the one you love, follow it, keep doing research, figure out why you may or may not be wrong, but don't let it stop your progress. Okay, tip number two. Something I'm experimenting with. So if you listen to this podcast for a while, you know that I am essentialist. And an essentialist, sorry. So this one will make sense. And what I'm doing is I am doing less in my workouts. Now, for those, again, that have listened to this podcast for a while, you know I am an essentialist, I'm a minimalist, I'm trying to do as 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 little as possible to get the biggest results as possible. Now, for people that are new to the podcast, and I'm going to digress for one second, but I have no idea why, but the Advanced Training Podcast is a quote-unquote exploding in the advanced training world. We were at a commission for basically six or seven months during the football season. Football season is over. I hadn't made many podcasts. I'm back at it, and I have no idea why. But this is the most hits, again, if the data is right and it's not always right. It's the most hits we've gotten in the last 30 days, it's the most hits we've gotten in a 30-day block in like, I don't know, ever. I don't have no idea why. I shouldn't say ever. There's a couple of maybe like one or two period, 30-day periods higher than this, but a lot of people listening to the podcast now. So now if this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, it may sound wacky. What? You're going to do less in your workout? You're going to do less in your workout? What kind of training program is this? So yes, I want, I'm doing even less than I already was doing in my program. And here's the way I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it like this. If I run 10 sprints at 80% of my top end speed, so let's say my top end speed is 20 miles an hour. By the way, I wish. Anyway, top 
if I run it in 80%, I'm running 16 miles an hour. I'm actually better off running five sprints at 90% of my top end speed. So, so again, say it was 20 miles an hour and I'm running those five sprints at 18 miles an hour. I'm better off running those five sprints at 18 miles an hour than I am those 10 sprints at 16 miles an hour. Why? Yeah, and I know I'm doing less, right? I'm only doing less sprints. But when I'm doing those less sprints, I'm doing them in a way that's recruiting my central nervous system more. It's peaking my, the triggers of my central nervous system with my muscles, my joints, my coordination. All those things are happening at a higher level because I'm doing it at a higher capacity. And I can't keep doing it over and over again, so I have to do it less. Now, in my mind, in my meathead mind, I have to continually reinforce to myself, one, I'm not soft, and two, I'm not doing this to get in shape. And both of those things are wrong, by the way. I just have to reinforce it to my meathead self. The not soft part is I used to think, well, I need to do uh, 10 sprints at 100% of my ability or 100 sprints at 100% of my ability, which neither of those is possible. And then secondly, uh... Like, I'm not doing this to get in shape. Well, I used to think I got to do 100 sprints to get in shape, and that's going to improve my conditioning and my cardiovascular system. And look, there's many people that will agree with this, and there's many people that disagree with this. But in my mind right now, in the cult that I'm following, by running faster, I am actually getting in better shape. It's going to help me be quote-unquote conditioned because, because I'm running faster. Now, I'm, and maybe if I'm working on my technique to run faster, I'm going to expend less energy when I'm running over longer distances. And I'll come back to that. We've talked about this enough at another podcast, but those are the things I have to keep reminding myself as I'm doing less, is that I am not doing this to become, I'm sorry, I'm not doing this and becoming softer. I'm not doing this and getting out of shape by hitting that higher capacity of my work, by capacity threshold. I am actually getting tougher. I'm getting faster and I and probably burning more calories, which a lot of people are worried about. I'm probably burning more calories than I would the other way. Uh, so that's it. Okay, that's what I'm doing less. All right, tip Number three, it's a quote that I heard. It's a quote that I've been thinking about. It's not, it's like, it's, here's the quote. Don't do what you love, love what you do. I'll say that again. Don't do what you love, love what you do. And that is a, a totally different perspective than you may hear from people on Instagram. Is like, go out, follow your passion, find your passion. Uh, in some instances, your passion may not, in fact, pay the bills, Right? It may not, in fact, pay the bills, or it may not be useful to anybody else in society. So the thought, and I heard this again in a podcast, it is to love what you do, not to do what you love. And you're in a great spot if they are both that happen to be the same thing. But again, find the thing that you're pretty good at that's going to add value to the world, that, could, that can pay your bills, and Find a way to love it. <laughs> I'd say eliminate all that waste, all that bureaucracy, all the things that make you hate it. Find a way to love it. Okay, tip number four. It's a, a book that I have been reading that I've really been thinking about a lot, and it's a book that Joe Marechko had gave me. It's for, about Vince Lombardi. It's about the first season. I really haven't read too many books on Vince Lombardi. I don't know why, but I... <laughs> I should have. I'm a football guy. I don't know why. I read a bunch of books on Bill Belichick. For whatever reason, I didn't read books on Vince Lombardi. Having said that, I read this book on Vince Lombardi. And I remember the things that I remember from Vince Lombardi was that he was just a hard, hard guy. And he would press his guys. And he would run them into the ground. And he would just make them feel terrible about themselves. And a lot of people have coached that way, thinking this is how Lombardi did that, so I'm going to do it. And when I read this book, he was hard on his guys. But what's crazy is that he was hard on them, and then he was good to them. So he was really rough on him, and then he was really nice to him. 
So he'd like he'd give him that pat on the back. He'd give him the, the carrot and the stick at the same time. And his guys loved him because they were waiting for that compliment. And when he gave him that compliment, it meant so much more. The other thing I thought that was pretty sick was that his practices were really short. They were like an hour and 45 minutes at most, right? This is Vince Lombardi, the toughest coach on earth, right? No, hour and 45 minutes. He would give guys days off to rest. He would set them up in the best hotels to make sure that his players were taken care of. So it's pretty crazy. And we talk about how like soft guys were or how soft they are now and how much tougher they were back in the day. At least from what I'm reading, in the 1950s, there were the same exact things going on. You know, taking care of your players, putting them in the best position, giving them the best accommodations so that they are ready to play during a game. It really changed my perspective on Vince Lombardi uh, and football and how people think they know it's true and they absolutely don't. Okay, tip number five, a productivity tip. So I got two productivity tips for you. Tip number one, if something is cheap and easy and it's going to add value to your life, just do it. So here's a real example from the Mahoney household. We walk our little dog, our little five-pound worky Chucky, and uh, he goes to the bathroom outside like most dogs do. And we are good citizens, and we pick up dog poop. Yes, for all the people that live on Staten Island who walk your dog on Bloomingdale Road, please pick up your dog poop. Because I have stepped in dog poop multiple times the last few weeks because my head's on a swivel. There's cats everywhere. There's dogs everywhere. Chucky wants to fight with them. They want to fight with him. So as I'm picking up poop, I'm looking around. I got my head on a swivel. I feel like I'm in the Serengeti making sure my little five-pound dog doesn't get eaten by a squirrel or a bird or anything. An ant. That's how small my dog is. Anyway, I've stepped in dog poop, so pick up your poop. Anyway, we have a a poop bag that my wife thought was cute. It's uh, an emoji you know the the poop emoji on your phone? Yeah, that's the that's the emoji. Unfortunately, it is virtually impossible to get the bags into and out of that poop bag holder. Like it literally would take me like ten or fifteen minutes to get the poop bag in it, to get the poop bag at it. It's like basically for those people that don't have a dog or these little bags. Imagine you go to uh, I don't know Home Depot and you buy a ba- a pack of black construction bags, construction garbage bags. It's in a roll. Well, same thing. It's for a dog. It's a poop bag. It's much smaller. It's in a roll. You stick that roll inside the poop holder, and you roll out a portion of the bag. It's got perforated edges, and you rip it off. Anyway, I couldn't take it anymore. It was you know, my dog goes to the bathroom a lot. Every time it would take, he goes through like one roll a week. Take me like ten minutes to do. So I was like, that's it. I'm not doing it. So I went out, spent a whopping five bucks, and bought a brand new poop bag holder. You'd say, wow, coach, you're a real big spender. I'm not. But the stupid point is that I spent. I don't know, a year with the stupid emoji poop bag holder? A year of pain for when I could have went out for five bucks and bought something so much easier to use. So if it's cheap and easy, just do it. Just buy it. I'm going to get valuable minutes of my life back, and uh, my wife will not listen to this podcast and hear about it. But that's it. Okay, thing number two. If you are looking to upskill in something, Instead of uh, going and taking a course on it and taking hours of material, I was just thinking about going back to school for something. Uh, go find an expert and have them give you one-on-one tutoring with exactly the help that you need. So here's my life example. I am, I'm into data analytics. Again, as many of you know, if you're listening to the podcast, I am relatively good at Excel. Better than most people. I'd say, put me in like, based on absolutely nothing, the 85 percentile in the world. I'm just basing this on people I work with, people I know. I'm really, I'm pretty good at it, but I'm not the best at it. I'm not perfect at it. And there are some things that I don't know how to do, and I need help. 
So what I was going to do was go take a course maybe in statistics or a course in another tool. And I said, this is pretty stupid. Why would I go back to school to do that? Why would I spend all this time learning a bunch of stuff that I may or may not need? Let me just find someone who knows how to do this. So I went, I found this online tutoring service. You get to pick a tutor who may or may not be matched up to you. And I met with them this week, paid a 55 bucks. It was $55 well spent because now I have this tutor. He helped me figure out exactly what I needed to figure out, figure out, and now I know I have a resource for the next time I get stuck, and I'm going to get stuck because I need to get better. So for me, that was a much better deal than going out and uh, you know, taking some class for eight weeks online to learn a bunch of things that I may never use instead of figuring out this is exactly what I need. Here's where I'm stuck. Let me go find that expert. So again, the take-home message is if you want to get better at something, go find an expert and have them teach you in exactly what it is that you are stuck with on that topic. It is way more efficient than taking an entire class. Uh, go back to all of your schooling. Imagine if when you went to school, you took classes specifically on what you wanted to know for the career you have right now. Okay, tip number six, the strangest things that I saw all week. Uh, we got a lot. I got, I got four of them, maybe more. Thing number one within tip, tip number six is that we went sprinting this Saturday. Uh, and who shows up? Mark Strange who said he wasn't coming because his wife is in labor. So uh, this guy, this maniac, I, don't, I wouldn't say she's necessarily in labor. I don't know exactly what point she's at, but she's very close to having a, a kid, their, ki their kid. And he came to running, had the cell phone right next to him just in case. Strange, I love you, but you're a maniac. And hopefully by the time this thing airs, you have a, a brand new healthy baby. So congratulations to the Strange family. Okay, thing number two that I saw that was weird. I went to go, went to a trip with my wife. We go, we we make training a priority no matter what we do. While we go on this trip to New Hope, we go to a local gym. There's some guy lifting there, and uh, he's an, a relatively older guy, but he's putting up some big weight. I see him benching 245, 275, 305, 350, and he he's really pumped up about the 350. And he says to the guy that's spotting him. That's a PR for me. That's the most I've ever hit. And I'm, I heard the guy say, wow, how old are you? He said 56. To me, that's pretty sick that at 56 years old, this guy hit a personal record. That's awesome. What was equally as cool was that the guy that was spotting him did not look like he was a legitimate gym goer. He didn't look like he was a guy that lifted all the time or spotted somebody on that much weight. But damn it, he spotted him the right way. He didn't touch that bar. You know how you see it all the time where guys benching and a guy's basically lifting off his chest and they grab it too early. No, no, no. This guy was great. He gave him a nice lift off and then didn't touch it again until that guy's set was done. Because one of the worst things that can ever happen is somebody racks that weight before you finish what you set. I think uh, Morano did that to Billy Blanco once and it severely impacted their relationship. I think they didn't talk for like two days. I don't know, but that's a big no-no in the gym. Okay, uh, thing number three that is weird in this tip number six. So remember this part six is has a bunch of parts to it. Is that uh, I was listening to Mark Manson. He's the guy who wrote the subtle art of not giving an F. He was on Tim Ferriss' podcast. Again, this is the name of the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. Great book, great title. Uh, he wrote, I'll say the name of the book again, The Subtle not Art of Not Giving an F. Why am I saying that over and over again? Is because Manson talked about on Tim Ferriss' podcast that after that book came out, he went into a depression. Yeah, that's why I said the name of that book multiple times. So that's pretty weird. Uh, he said, why did it go into depression? Is because the book was so successful. And he was at such a young age when it became successful that he was thinking, what do I do now? Like, I have no meaning. I have no purpose. I've already hit the goal that I had for my life. I've already hit it. Now what do I do? 
So that's a lot. That's just, just think about that as you're going through your goals. And think about that. that even the guy who writes that book can fall into depression. If you hit your goals too fast, if you hit your goals too slow, how many ways will you react to a certain situation? Uh, even he is not immune to it. And that really is an awesome book. And I'm not discrediting him for that. I think it's awesome that he was vulnerable like that on that podcast. But I also think it's good for other people to hear that as well. Okay, the last thing. The craziest thing that happened all week this week goes back to uh, Jimmy Yuski and the great Thanksgiving screw job, as he calls it. So, Jimmy Yuski, during the Thanksgiving Tough Man, claims that, claims, allegations that I screwed him over because I penalized his team, I don't know, two seconds or four seconds because he did, he failed to bring the Thanksgiving Day trophy. So we have a trophy with a turkey on it. We give it out at Thanksgiving to the team that wins the tag team challenge. He didn't bring the trophy. So I penalized his team for it. His team ends up losing the competition. Uh, partial, maybe because of that, maybe not. Who knows? I mean, his team wasn't a dim- dim- double elimination, and they threw that event and purposely lost that event because they didn't think they could make up those four seconds. But he blames me for the Thanksgiving, uh, what has he called the Thanksgiving screw drop. So he said he will never compete again in the, these challenges Ever again, because of that screw job, unless I give a public apology. So he's like, but I will work out with you. So uh, I don't want him to work out and not compete. That's the whole point of advanced training. So we do. We compete. We get after it. Anyway, uh, he reminds me again, I'm not coming back until I get a public apology. So we, we talk about it. I say, what format do you want it? Do you want this in person? Do you want this as a podcast? Do you want it as a, a speech? Do you want it as a text? He said, text is good enough, but I want it to the entire audience who is at that Tough Man. So I had to go back, find that text group for the Thanksgiving Tough Man, and I wrote, uh, I wrote an apology to the group. And it was uh, I thought in no way he would accept the apology, and he did. He did. Uh, and the apology said, I'm not going to read the entire thing, but it essentially said... Um, that I I did it, I <laughs> would probably do it again, that he accused me of screwing him over, and his team threw the event, and I said, uh, when his team threw the event, it was both the best and worst moment as my my point in my coaching career, and uh, you can listen to that podcast to explain, to understand why, but the bottom line is, I wrote the apology letter, Jimmy Yuski is now back! In advanced training, I did not think he would accept the apology, but he did, and it's awesome because the group needs him. I need him. You are the average of the five people who spend the most time with, and I'm glad he's coming back. And uh, here's the kicker for people who have made it this long into the podcast. Before he signed back up, we have 10 people on each team. So that's 20 total people in the group, 10 people on each team. This season, and we're going to start getting into this next week, it's going to be a tag team just like it was last year. We have two teams of 10. Yuski is now the 11th person on either team. And the question is, what team is Jimmy Yuski on? This is a guy, I think he's the only guy who's ever won the challenge twice. He's the only person in the history of advanced training who's won the challenge two times. So what team is this guy going to be on? And uh, we're going to find out this Saturday. I know how it's going to happen, but not everybody does. And you have to wait a week to find out. All right. This episode is brought to you by Lark Media. Did you ever feel like you had a message that the whole world absolutely needed to hear? You take it, you package it, you bundle it, you send it out there, and then boom! No response. Well, if that's you, don't be disappointed. It might not be that your message is bad. It might be that you're not delivering it the right way. And this is where our friends over at Lark Media can help. These guys are masters of marketing. 
They've done things for advanced training where they've come in. They've taken documentaries of our work, and they not only captured what it looks like, but they captured what it feels like to be a part of what we do. They've also made motion graphics that we use before and after our YouTube videos. If you need help, please contact Steve at LarkMediaNYC.com. Again, that's Steve at Lark, L-A-R-K, MediaNYC.com. Tell them that Advanced Trading sent you, and they'll take 10% off.